Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode here of the Echelon Cycling Podcast. And this is where, of course, we talk about what's been happening in the world of cycling and look ahead as well. And today I'm joined by Mr. Gregor himself, Ewan Wilson, as, uh, yeah, Patrick is somewhere in the Netherlands on a bike trip. But, yeah, Ewan, I mean, it is the winter season, but there's quite a few stories to go through. There are quite a few stories to go through. It has been the off-season, but this week we've had uh, wheels turning, really, if you will, in terms of transfers, uh, some route announcements, and so forth to keep us going in the off-season. I mean, we might as well start with podcast favorite, Miguel Angel Lopez. You know what's the rumor here? He's been struggling to find a team in the professional ranks, if we call the continental ranks. Oh, he's been having more trouble with the UCI as well. But that aside, what, what's the story here? Well, the story here is an intriguing one. It comes from the the press outlet Antenna. They're saying that Miguel Angel Lopez is potentially close to a, an agreement with Eolo Cometa. This came this morning, the 13th of November, 2023. And also on the same day, Eolo Cometa tweeted out a sort of transfer teaser after this news was reported by Antenna uh, saying that Lopez was close to signing for Eolo Cometa. If we are to believe all of this together, then potentially Lopez could be making his return to the Grand Tour scene, potentially, and next year's Giro d'Italia. Also, to add in new context as well, Eolo Cometa, in terms of commercial news, will be changing their name next year to Polti Cometa, following a sponsor a change of hands over at that team, headed up by Alberto Contador and Ivan Basso. So, Scott, Miguel Angel Lopez could be over to Eolo Cometa, or Polti Cometa, in 2024. But is he not under a sanction right now? From the UCI. That's why I don't understand. Uh, yeah, that does that does complicate it. Um, but I mean, if he if he passes the sanction, then I guess it could be a good move for Yolo because they've just bought in like a big grand tour star. But the UCI still haven't made their final decision on what happens with Lopez um, with all of the 2022 shenanigans that they are taking their sweet time to make a decision. Bear in mind, early this season we finally got a decision on Rob Stannard about three years after his uh, doping tests, well, what well, the actual tests themselves uh, were taken. So, um, yeah, take this with a pinch of Miguel Angel Lopez salt, but it could be quite cool to see him at this team. I know, I know we were like hoping that Ayola would make a big signing and they've, they've lost a lot of their big signings in Fortunato and Albanese this year. So someone like Lopez coming could really change the fortunes of that team, particularly Nexus Giro. Yeah, I mean, if we take away the doping sanction, which is obviously quite hard, he has. He is one of the guys who's podiumed almost all the Grand Tours, apart from the Tour de France. He is when when he kind of dipped in form or whatever. He was one of the guys. This is the guy who won the Col de la Loz stage back in 2020. So it's like you said, it is a superstar still. Yeah, and and he would be a Grand Tour leader for this squad, which doesn't have a leader at the moment. Like who are, who are they really riding for the Giro? Is it Bayes brothers? Uh, the Bias brothers, but they they go breakaway. Who else do they have? End of list. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's true what you said. Losing Fortunato and Albanese is they need someone, but I just didn't think it was going to be in the Colombian yeah vein, if you will. But bear in mind, they have also been on the transfer market for Colombians. This has been a long running theme this year for for Eolo Cometa. Um, they announced Santiago Umba this week. We also had... No, no, no. Astana, Astana, Astana. Not Eolo. <laughs> well, they were rumored with Umba and Restrepo earlier this year. 
And um, the team, of course, has a Spanish core with Alberto Consolo being the um, one of the managers. And they've also they've had a history of having Spanish writers on that squad anyway. So Spanish writers equals Colombian writers. Is that what you're saying? Linguistically, linguistically, think about it. And also, Miwana Halopas was on a, an Italian Kazakh team. Yeah, we saw him absolutely wipe the floor with Walter Colombia, all the different races that he's been winning. Okay, the San Luis is probably the best market, even though you don't want to acknowledge it because Gano's second. But <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, what Miguel, he's not been having a great year as well. Remember, he got kidnapped as well in his own home. That was a bit of a sad point of his year. But for him, is this a good move in his career? I mean, he's just happy to get out of the continental ranks, I guess. Yeah, yeah I, I guess it, it, it's a bit like Quintana as well. Like both of them to get back into like a grand tour level would be would be ideal. They've been training and, and working so forth in in the off season. So, well, for for Liberty, he's been racing for the past year. He should really is a guy who has the caliber of being on a team like Palti Cometa, as they will be known. Um, so we'll see. We'll. We'll see. This actually does come into fruition in the the following days, maybe even today on on the day of release. Uh, Eolo Comenta have not yet tweeted their 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 transfer announcement, so we are in uh, anticipation for who it could be. But like, is it a good move for them? A guy who's question marks over him. Uh, yeah, um, they want a star, and if they believe in Lopez, then I think it's maybe like. It's an okay move. Maybe they've had discussions behind the scenes and like he is innocent or whatever. I mean, we can't really comment. We can't really speculate, but maybe they have faith in him and they're like, you know what? We'll bring him on. It might be a bit of a risk, but it's also a superstar for us as we rebrand as Politicometa in the new year. Yeah, you won't be winning time trials next year like he has been this year. We would assume then. Probably not. And also, by the way, I believe Polti is a vacuum cleaner brand. <laughs> that that would be fantastic to see me. Me and Angel Lopez appetizing like vacuum cleaners for his new team that and then isn't Comata like prepackaged meat yeah I think so vacuum cleaners and, and ham that was a combination I mean uh, we have more transfers but we'll not go through we won't make a complete transfer talks so uh, the route for the world championships next year in Zurich was also announced and you and I mean what do you make of this it's quite a top course this main circuit consisting of seven laps quite a hilly terrain one that suits the punches apparently this circuit itself is 27 kilometers long and um yeah are we going to see much of Annapol raise his hands once again this year well to be honest i'm i don't think it is a route for Mathieu van der Poel. i do not think he'll be doing the double i think if anything we have more of a chance of Tadej Pogacar wearing the rainbow jersey next year than Mathieu van der Poel. who saw with that coming you say <laughs> I just well, be real, be real. This looks like an Amstel Gold kind of route. But Van der Poel's also on Amstel Gold. Um, I don't want Van Yeah, true. Well, I, I was about to say Pogaccio Van I think probably have a stronger chance than Van der Poel. The Glasgow route had a lot of elevation meters, but at the same time as well, it was a criterium star circuit with short, steep climbs. This one has two kilometer long climbs at 6%. I think that over a, a long profile could wear down the likes of Mantia Van der Poel. And instead, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say we are going to see Pogacar and uh, Wal really rise to the occasion. But I mean, as you delved into on the main channel, Wal probably would not uh, take the win given his his record in international cycling events over the past five or so years. 
So I'm just I'm gonna go out and say Pogacha early on. It's the easy choice, I am aware. And I mean, it's gonna be a good event. Switzerland, they'll have plenty of fans down on the side of the road. It's the UCI's home nation, and there'll be plenty of home riders looking to get success, including Stefan Kern. Um, in the women's race, there are fewer laps because apparently women are not able to compete at the same level as men. Uh, four laps um, for the women around that Zurich hilly circuit kind of opens itself up. Women's race really could go to, I mean, Kopecky as well. If Kopecky can pick up the form she had this summer, could do the double. Uh, we've seen her climb really, really well, particularly from the Tour de France onwards last year. And also expect the likes of Nubatoma and Vollering and so forth to also be battling it out on that kind of course. And also for Danish interest, this could do really well for Trevlitvik. These things, you know, take a Danish World Championship title. We've had one, two leagues in. In Qatar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's hope um, the same thing doesn't happen to a little bit. But, I mean, we might as well move on. Cyclocross, Dende Monday. I don't know why it was in the middle of November, but it was here. It used to be in the end of December. Obviously, still with Asterix, no much Paul, no Wapenart, no Tom Pickard, even though you don't want to call him in the big three anymore. But yeah, a win for Pim Runhardt, one of the youngsters coming through the ranks. And and uh, no Van Impen victory either, but still a Dutch woman. Uh, Al- uh, Alvado, former world champion, I think she was. Dutch successful <laughs> run again. Yeah, I, I think this weekend's more been clouded by... Um... Um, some rumored quotes by David Appartien, the head of the UCI, saying that he was annoyed that none of the big Galacticos were here. The Cyclocross Galacticos, uh, particularly Thibaut Nace. Um, he was very unhappy that Thibaut Nace was skipping the Dendermulde um, this weekend. Understandably, I guess, in terms of spectator sport, uh, Thibaut Nace brings in a lot of Belgian eyes. It's a really key market for the Cyclocross. Yeah, but sure. Yeah, and I mean, instead we had a one-two for the Dutch, you know, which is uh, not common in cyclocross. It's usually you have a Belgium in, in at least second place in, in, in those kind of races. And yeah, for for Ronhar as well, it's, it's it's a really good victory, a big step up for him going into the rest of this season. Also, I just want to mention um, Cam Mason as well from Scotland had a had another great race. Uh, had some bike problems at the, at the beginning of the race, had some broken spokes, and still finished in fifth place. Wait, I thought he finished eleventh. Well, did he finish eleventh? Fuck. <laughs> oh shit he did finish 11th when was he in fi- I think he was like 5th place at one point oh, that. yeah no, I mean anyway he's, he's still young though so he's coming through the ranks yes this is this is why I, I personally try to keep clear cyclic and get very anxious whenever it's mentioned on the podcast I mean the thing he's saying uh, La Petier, that the riders have to come I mean they I think they are getting paid like an appearance fee as well but they have different targets. If he's not in Belgium, he's probably in Spain training. I, well, for Nate, I, mean, I understand Van Aert and Van der Poel, but I mean, Tibonese is probably trying to target more road stuff next year, but less of an excuse than the others, potentially. Do you think, though? Because he's also a road rider now, so it's like... Uh, yeah, but he's already been doing cycle across for the past months. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to, like, justify. I'm not... <laughs> I'm, I'm not a part of David Lapartian's team. We might as well move on. We spoke about this last week, what we're not going to the Giro d'Italia, but apparently there's a leaked Jumbo Visma team and it's also been denied that it's not the Jumbo Visma team. Ewan, what do you make of the very young uh, Giro d'Italia team that has been, well, apparently leaked? Yeah, exactly. That it's, uh, it's been leaked by a number of sources. It wasn't actually announced by staff. It was mentioned in a 
podcast, I believe. Um, and then their targets as well were spoken about that they want to really push the young writers. Um, so here's the list that we have at the moment. Wow, Vernard, Attila Valter, Tom Glogue, uh, Matteo Jorgensen, Ben Tallett, Johannes Staunemittet, and Per Strandhagenes. Um, very young team, as we mentioned. Uh, Tom Glogue, young rider, uh, as is Johannes Staunemittet and Per Strandhagenes. Really excited to see how those Dutch, really excited to see how those Norwegian riders uh, fare in their first grand tours. Um, we saw them bring a young team to the GDA last year. Even the year before, we saw them with that case in Amadeza sort of break through GDA in 2022. And it looks like they're, they're following a similar trend. I'm a little bit gutted to see Attila Valter's not been moved up a little bit and Matteo Jorgensen, given that we're, we might not see Ralph Vanard and Nathan van Hooydonk at the Tour de France. Well, we're definitely not going to see Nathan van Hooydonk at the Tour de France. That opened up some space. I really thought Matteo Jorgensen could slot into that one as a bit of a Swiss Army knife rider. But um, Scott, it's it's an exciting team. Really, really excited to see how Stan and Mitet goes. Yeah, I mean, we complain a lot about the big teams not sending young youngsters to important races, and this is arguably the second most important race of the year. So, yeah, I don't think they're going to retain the Giro, though. Let's be honest. I agree. I don't think they will retain the Giro. I think we're going to go back to old school Yumbo Visma Giro, which is like trying to get stage wins at Pierstrad Hagenes. I think just take stage. He's insane, that guy. Stage one. Um, yeah. He could go for that one. Probably, yeah. He's going to have to wait until later into the race. That stage into Naples could really suit him. And we'll see how he goes. There'll, there'll be a lot of eyes as well on him because um, we know so much about him at, at, at the youth level. He's been a big youth sensation, similar with Stan Amitet. Uh, two Norwegians as well on this team. Remember, the team is rebranding as Visma Lisa Bike. Visma, their lead sponsor, is a Norwegian team. Are we now going to see Norwegians get priority access in, the, in this squad for Grand Tour starts going forward, Scott, do you think? In the same way maybe Dutch people got priority access before when it was Jumbo? Priority access. Oh, I mean... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. You could be onto something. Yeah, obviously a Norwegian sponsor wants to see their Norwegian riders out. And uh, yeah, it's quite interesting to see what, what they're going to do. But I mean, Ben Tollett, I think he's been talked about so highly over the last few years. He's this big talent, obviously cyclocross background, moving to Jumbo Visma from Ineos. And uh, do you think he could potentially have a breakout ride here at this Giro? Well, I'd say he had a breakout ride in the 2022 Giro. Although it was sort of, it was a bit of sort of a, an Indian summer. He was very good at, for the first week and then sort of faded away at a brilliant time trial in Budapest. He was right up there in the GC, but definitely I think he, he he could really start into it. I still don't know what kind of rider we're seeing out of Ben Tullet. Is is he is he a classics rider? Is he a GC rider? Is he a puncher, a time trialist? He's one of these sort of Swiss army knife kids coming through. Uh, we'll see what he can bring. Maybe this judo will give us more of a sense of, of what kind of rider he is, but it'll be intriguing to see how he goes. It feels like he didn't quite settle into Ineos Grenadiers over the past couple of years. Um, he said to set up like sort of the hope of something in your screen this this didn't quite happen. So maybe a change of scenery at Yamba Visma or Visma Lisa bike will give him a will give him a new lease of life. And also Scott, I'm really, really intrigued about Matteo Jorgensen. What's he gonna bring in this Gito? Yeah, true. There's so many of the riders that could potentially ride for their own chances. So suddenly the White Wen Art project could maybe be thrown to the back burner. But um, Matteo Jorgensen in the off season did say that he'd rather work for a winning teammate than <laughs> yeah. in GC. But Matteo Jorgensen could actually probably finish 8th in GC at next year's GR. Yeah, I mean, it, it is an exciting, very exciting team. And uh, yeah, who do you think they should actually ride for? Should it just be a free-for-all? Is it just a stage-hunting team? Is that what you think? It could be a stage-hunting team. I think it depends how well it goes. 
if Wilds up there, I mean, top five could be possible. I don't know whether we're just like sort of too optimistic on that front. Um, if Jorgensen went for GC, he could probably get ninth, eighth. I would say. Um, it's quite. In, I mean, the GDR route. Uh, we've seen Jorgensen ride really well at one week long stage races, and it's essentially a one week long stage race with two extra weeks added on. Um, is that the quota? Yes. <laughs> Next is Giro is just Turin Adriatico with just two extra weeks, and then like they're probably going to be pulled off because of the snow in the mountains. Like, be real, you know. Um, so George Jorgensen, if he's if he's hanging on and he's like on his like spring 2023 form, he could be right up there in the lower ranks, top ten. Up a stamina. We have we have no real sort of point of comparison to how he rides at World Tour stage races. We've seen the Tour de l'Avenir and then going on to win the Tour de France. I'm not sure anyone's actually done that with the under 23 Giro and then next year winning the Giro. Mm. Um, oh, well, that's not true. No, because Tadou had one season, then he did it. So I lie. We haven't seen the double. Or... Well, I'm not saying he's going to win it. But like, <laughs> I'm, I'm intrigued. You know, he could he could have a, a it really depends. We don't have much of a point of comparison with him on the World Tour level. Similar with Pastor Hagenes, but when he was at the Sparkassen Munsterland Giro, whatever, whatever it's called, he was um, he was fantastic in that. Could go for some stages, could be a bit of a breakaway style. Uh, we might as well move back to transfers, and this one is one that's quite intriguing. Gianni Moscon, remember him? Yeah, he's been at Astana for two years, isn't it? Or one year? Not even sure. That just shows performances. But yeah, he is changing to out of everyone, Sudal Quickstep, the team that have been moving more towards Remco Venepol and away from the classics, and now Moscon is dropped into the team. And you and what's your first thoughts on this bizarre transfer? See, you say it's bizarre, but if this transfer happened in 2017, yeah, okay, fair amazing. enough. You know, like like this would have been such a good transfer five years ago. But now it's like mm, he's got he's capacity. We know he's had some big health problems as well that, that have made it really really hard for him over the past two years. Uh, with his time at Aston Kazakhstan, I think it's a blood problem that just kept him like, feeling fatigued a lot, a lot of the time. We saw glimpses of him back in form uh, earlier this year at the Giro when he was working for Mark Cavendish. He also rode the Tour de France, so it definitely lo- looks like we're getting Gianni Moscon back slowly but steadily. And this this move is, I mean, intriguing because we. All the signings we've had for Sudal have really been um, climbers and so forth, or young people, uh, in order to help with the Avonable target. But uh, most controlling, yeah, definitely, definitely f- feels like a bit of a spanner in the works. Uh, but also, I'm intrigued to see how how it's going to go. Maybe th- this change of scenery will help him. But I can't really overlook the health problems that have plagued him over the past two years and assume that he's going to be bouncing back into tip top form. Quickstep. I mean, we saw like flashes of Moscon in in the Giro, but it was only for like two minutes. It wasn't like the old Moscon that was up there in road races or the World Championships in Bergen, winning, yeah, winning left, right, and center. And then, well, that's not true, but he won a lot. He very strong engine, and despite all the problematic, what should we call it, um, personality disorders of defects um well i'm saying his racism and general just attitude as a bike rider uh he's they still kept him on the books at Ineos Grandes, who are so well protective of the image of the team but they 
didn't want to let him go to any other team. They would rather keep him than, yeah. Maybe selfishly, I'm intrigued to see how Johnny Moscon and Patrick, uh, Patrick LaForda yeah. get on over and see how quick step. Oh, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's not going to be fun. Who would he share a room with as well? Who would he share a room with? Yeah, if he goes to the jury, is he going to be in the same room as a Bremico? Or is surely not. Uh, who's in the, who, who do I think would, 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 would share a room with him? I don't know. Yeah, what does a 2024 calendar look like for Moscon anyway with Quickstep? Are you going to throw him into the the remains of their classics team and then throw him into potentially the Tour de France? Because he, he could be like a Bozenhagen kind of role, but for Remco? At his best, yes. But yeah, true, true. Maybe classics and then do Paramabotimolieu maybe for the sprints you think he was he was quite good with Cavendish at the Giro you know remember the where they were trying to bring back the breakaway and Moscon was the guy they they used and then he just faded quickly <laughs> that's also because Asana Kazakhstan did not have a have a great yeah you know, at the Giro also other teams weren't investing Mountain's Court you're welcome um but yeah, I I really don't know. He's only twenty nine. The the thing is, because he he really blew up when he was young, and it's, it's it still feels like remarkable that he is that young. He really should be on the world tour, you would think. It would have been cool to see him over at Palti Cometa, but alas, Sudal it is, and uh, they've called him the tractor on all of the Sudal quick step uh, announcement sort of posts about him. Is he is he going to be the new Tim the cleric, the old tractor? I think it's because he's a farmer. So, yeah, it could be. They've lost Tim DeClerc, so it's like, is that the role that they bought him for? Maybe, potentially. I mean, I thought that there are plenty of other people in the Peloton who, who could do that role, but maybe Moscon will find his feet in that role, a bit like Tim DeClerc did when he moved over from Kopsbov Landre back in, was it, 2016, 17? Moved over to Sudal, he suddenly became this sort of tractor engine who controlled the race from 100 kilometers to go until 50k to go. Maybe that's going to be Moscon's role now that he's a Sudal Quickstep because he couldn't do that at Ineos Grenadiers. We didn't really see any glimpses of that at Ineos. Then moving over to, to Astadar, we saw glimpses at the Giro and maybe Sudal saw something in that and wanted to sort of make him the new Tim Leclerc in the years to come. He's a guy who's, I mean, he's 29. He's been in the World Tour now for almost, maybe what, seven years. Knows his way around, around the Peloton. Maybe that experience is super valuable. Okay, he's had the illness as well, but I was going to say, being one of these super talents like your Peter Scan, well, not quite Peter Scan, but definitely up there when he was very young and then kind of fizzling out in his later years, it seems to be a bit of a trend. And I mean, I would be a bit worried for Honayuzo and Tadbogacha, to be honest. Yeah, potentially, but at the same time, I also think it is that big health problem in 2022 that just did sort of throw him off because he was winning in 2021. He almost won Paris Bay in 2021. True, we we didn't even mention that. That I so wanted him to win that that uh, edition. Well, wait, what? You didn't want him to win? No. Okay. Anyways, um, so it really I the bike rider not not help person. Sorry, the bike rider, not the person. It was in the anyways. It doesn't matter. Mm, okay. I know, and then Cobrelli won, which was like intriguing. Um, let's say that we, <laughs> the Italian racist crashed off and almost won, and instead the Italian right winger won the race, who tried to run for Forza Italia. Like 
why can't we just have an unproblematic Italian Paris Bay champion? You know. Anyway, yeah, the health problem for me is probably the reason I would say that. Do you think it's a good buy for Sodal Quickstep? We did, well, obviously we don't know what he's on, but you would assume he's on marginally less than he was at Ineos Grandes. It really depends. I mean. How, how much is he asking for? What role is he going to slot into? How much was Tim DeClerc on if he is replacing Tim DeClerc? This late as well into the transfer season, it's intriguing to see that he went under the radar for this long. Maybe it's just Sudal waiting to announce until this later part, but they've, they've done most of their announcements already. So maybe this one took a long time to negotiate and so forth. Or maybe Moscon had many options on the table, but Sudal will be a really intriguing step forward for Jenny Moscon. I mean, we might as well, before we go to Rider of the Week, finish with another transfer. Well, we had the Santiago Umba, but you decided to put him in the Iolo category. And then also Pilau. P- uh, how do you pronounce it? I believe it's Palayo Sanchez. Yeah. Burgos Beash. 23 years old, just signed a two-year deal with Movistar. He won a stage of the Vuelta Asturias this year. Uh, came third on a stage at the Vuelta España earlier this year. That was a stage won by Wout pools with that little reduced bunch sprint well that breakaway sprint at the end uh sanchez has been looking really promising the, the, this year really broke down through it's good to see Burgos bash talent making it onto the world tour level also scott there's a couple more transfers to talk about uh we have two going over to dsm feminish that's julius van den Berg, um, who's currently riding for EF, who took a stage at the Tour of Poland two years ago, as is Emil's Leipinch of Lazio, who's moved over from Lidl Trek to DSM Feminish. Scott, two intriguing transfers, but before we discuss them, there's also an Alpes in the Koenig one. Yes, Jakub Mareczko has moved over to Korotek as well, joining Christian Sparali, his Italian teammate. I mean, I'm quite surprised when you think about it, where in Deep into November, our still getting transfers. It's, for some of these riders, they're quite big. Van der Berg and Leipinch, they're like they're well told riders. I'm surprised it's taken this long, but maybe DSM Feminish like has negotiated. Lidl Track as well have made so many signings. Maybe Leipinch's place in the team wasn't necessarily guaranteed. Marec Corral's signing has come just after Sparali. They might have the same agent. They're both Italian on the same team, Alvis and De Koenig. Uh, but also Scott. I mean, we were talking beforehand. I had a dream about someone rogue moving to a French team. I found out who it was. Ben Hedemans has signed for Coffee Dees as well um, as Kenny Elisande. We spoke about a number of weeks ago. Kenny Elisande wasn't sure whether he was going to stay in cycling or not. He has secured a contract with Coffee Dees for next year. He's moving over from Lidl Trek. And also Luke Plapp. His transfer has been announced. We spoke about this a couple weeks back as well. He was rumored to be moving to Jaco Alula. So there we go. So many transfers, particularly like Plap is a big one. Uh, Elisond and Hedemans as well, two sort of world tour level riders as well. Yeah, I mean, as you said, we spoke about Plap. I don't really understand why it took so long to announce him. That was such a confusing transfer as well. Like Ineos Grand is just getting rid of their top talents now, which is crazy. Yeah, Ineos Grand is, we still have that question mark. What are they going to do? Glad for Elisond, as you said as well, that he actually got a contract. Uh, <laughs> where careers go to flourish. Mm. And also from confidence, they announced their, their, their team. They're like, we're not making any more signings. And Victor Lafay is not on that list. So Victor Lafay could be heading over to Aja Desert, we believe, uh, for next year. But I thought that was confirmed, no? Has it been confirmed? Yeah, I thought it was confirmed. I don't know if it's been confirmed. It's just been strongly rumored. Ah, uh, okay. Same thing in cycling most of the time. Yeah, yeah. It hasn't, it hasn't been announced 100% yet, but I mean... 
he's he's null confidence's books for the next year there. So Azure Desire seems to be the lead that we have. We had that lead a couple of weeks, well, a couple of months back anyway. But Jan, I mean, with all these teams signing riders and many teams being full now, in your square ideas, are they just going to sign a bunch of under 23 year olds? Yes. <laughs> yes. They did that last year. They'll do that this year. Don't forget to be his false. He's the one one guy that looks like that the, they're bringing in unless he gets swept up by Israel Premier Tech in, in the last hour. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely looking like it's crunch time for Ineos Grenadiers. Not to be fair, they've got 26 riders on their books for next year. They, they have enough. They need 26 riders to be a World Tour team. The one that we should be worried about here is um, Sudal Quickstep. They're missing one rider in order to hit their quota. Okay, it's not as bad as we thought. Why did we only have 15 riders on? I guess they did a lot of extensions as well. Extensions with Gary Thomas and so forth and announcing more AJ August was announced. Uh, I think Luke Rowe was also extended recently. Castrovier. Was it Castrovier or Fraila? One of the Spanish riders. I think Fraila, his his extension was also announced recently as well. So I, I, I guess they've just been late in the season to announce a lot of them. We, we spoke about this as well last year, how like they waited until like August, not August. They waited until like October to really like announce most of their sightings. Um, so yeah, it, it, it looks like industry is just pulling this tactic, but they, they have they have a legal amount of riders for next year. So look out for Sudal Quickstep. They need one more ride in order to hit their World Tour quota. Who will it be? Who will it be? It'll be a spouse. <laughs> <laughs> to, be, to be fair to be a sports actually could be quite a good signing yeah I think so too as well but I mean we might as well finish this podcast with Rider of the Week and uh, yeah I mean if you don't pick him I'm going to pick him so who's your Rider of the Week well there's like no racing going on apart from Cyclocross so it's going to be wait I think I wait I think there actually is other races going on oh I mean there, there's a race in, 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 in Japan right now yeah um, the Trump Vicky the fact that over now. Uh, there's also the Barbados Championships as well. Oh yeah, that's true. The road race, yeah. Or the Puerto Rican. You said that. You said that as if you watched it. <laughs> no, I missed uh, it. I was going to tune in. Well, Edwin Sutherland, congratulations! You won that race in a sprint with Joshua Kelly. But uh, I'm going to go for Pim Rohar. Ah. Uh... I mean, he was the obvious choice. Come on, he he won the cyclocross race. I don't think many people are expecting him to win it. Uh, it's quite cool for him. And uh, yeah, then Dumont is a hard race, usually very very muddy, but that's also because it's usually later in the year. Well, um, then I'm between a rock and a hard place here. Alvarado, choose Alvarado. Okay, I'll choose her. Okay, but then it's just Dutch. Then we we're as bad as the cyclocross. Unless you choose me without Al Lopez, we can't pick him when he's not racing. Oh guy, I feel sorry for him for being kidnapped. Oh, what went out was in Colombia as well. I don't know if you saw that partying hard. Out of the Rigoberto Ran thing, he brings a famous person over every year. I think he had Sagan one year. That was a very funny finish to this. But anyways, that's basically it for our two man uh, echelon episode here. And of course, we're gonna get Hatchik back next week. But uh, yeah, as always, join the conversation down below. Hit the like button, subscribe to the channel here on the YouTube channel, and please help us on the Spotify by giving us a five-star review. And until next time, thank you for watching or listening, and we will see you around.